That's all right. I, I absolutely love uh, Port City. Thank you, Anthony, a great man. I love him. Isn't he good? <laughs> thank, thank, thanks for coming, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, I made a... YPs, those that are, what are YPs, 12 and 13s, whatever they are. Lovely Kerry, chase her out the door. There you go. Isn't it great to have Anthony with us? Let's give him a big hand of welcome. <laughs> Cool. I have no idea what just happened there, but that was good. Good. Someone knew. Someone knows what happened. Um, <laughs> absolutely love Port City. Um, if you don't know me, my name's Anthony Corbett, and uh, most of my teenage years were spent here. Um, absolutely loved Port City, love Port City, love James and Michelle, and um, me and my wife just absolutely uh, jumped at the, the opportunity and the honour and the privilege to come and be able to speak here last week and this week. Um, love... Mel and Sandy, and I think I said last time, I've eaten so much food at their house over the years. I'm glad they, they haven't billed me for it. Um, it's coming. Great, great. Um, even Ian and Ruth Jack. I, I don't know how many of you guys know Ian and Ruth Jack, um, but Ian and Ruth Jack uh, founded this church many years ago uh, in their lounge room, I think. And uh, we still get to catch up with them from time to time. And just love the, the heritage, the legacy of uh, Port City. Wanted to let you guys know that um, out of Port City, we planted our church. Our, our founding pastor, Pastor Howard, uh, planted my city church, formerly Boyntown Christian Church, um, about 27 years ago. And uh, before that, he was here in Port City. So we've got a lot of, of heritage here. We've got a lot of uh, legacy that comes out of Port City. And I just wanted to thank you guys and your pastors once again for um, just continually being willing to step out in faith, to believe. And uh, even this morning as we were just singing, as we were worshipping, I, I could just feel this, this faith for breakthrough. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I'm just excited that today God could do something that we haven't experienced before. I, I'm just excited that today uh, God wants to do something that maybe you've never seen, maybe you've never recognised, maybe you've had faith for it, uh, but you haven't seen it yet. Um, and I just believe that today God could do something great. Um, but before we begin, I was told this week that um, unless I brought another story of Element Youth, um, I wasn't allowed to come and speak. Um, that's what I was told. That's what I was told. Last time I was here, I told you guys about eating goldfish. Um, this time, I, I was trying to rack my brain. See, everything to us was just normal. Um, it was normal to eat goldfish. It was normal to do tobogganing on the, t on the back of a, um, of a car bonnet behind a car. It was normal to see people break arms and then just keep going with the activity because there was no risk assessments back then. Um, uh, but I was trying to think through uh, some of them and I did think about a time when we waxed Tristan Dawson's chest and uh, made him bleed. Um, and that was an exciting time. That was fun. That was fun. Um, but I thought, there he is. There he is. G'day. Um, that was so much fun. It was good. It was good. Um, but I was actually thinking one time we had, or, or for a series of years, uh, we did Heaven and Hell Nights. And uh, Heaven and Hell Nights was something different. Um, for a Heaven and Hell Night, basically the idea, or I think the idea, I think the idea was, are you ready for heaven? Uh, are, are you ready? Are you you saved? Are you ready to go to heaven? And so what we'd have to do is for a week, you'd have to wear red clothes after school. And uh, the youth leaders would come around and they'd, they'd try to catch you not wearing red clothes. Um, and, and if they did catch you, then you would go to uh, elements form of hell. 
And so hell, the year I remember, hell was up the back of the ark in one of the little storerooms. And over about a month or two, uh, we made fish rot and um, made fruit rot and vegetables and everything else you could think of was just rotting uh, goop. It turned sort of into a sludge. And then uh, on the night that it started, they throw all this sludge into a room and then put big oil heaters in there because there was no risk assessments. Um, Put oil heaters in there and turn all these oil heaters on and uh, then just blew fans around the room so that all the stench was nice and stirred. And uh, what would happen is you'd get there on that night. I I don't know why I still turned up after I was going to be sent to hell. But you go there on that night and you have judgment day. And so uh, Andrew Young was dressed up in this wig and, you know, white clothes because he was God. Um, and, And he would sit up on a throne and you would come up and you would be judged. And they'd play the video when you're like, no, no, I didn't do that. I didn't get caught. They'd play the video of you getting caught. And then just as you decide you're going to run, about three or four big guys would grab you by the scruff of the neck, take you out to this room, open the door, shove you in there and lock the door behind you because there was no risk assessments. They'd lock the door behind you and you'd be stuck in this room. Um, And then they'd bring the next person. As they brought the next person, they'd shove the door open. You got people shoving from this side, people shoving from that side. And they'd fill this room with like 30 kids and it was just a a little room. Um, And they'd absolutely fill this room with kids and the stink and the dry reaching and the noises. it It was something to be experienced. Um, and while that was happening, I hear, I hear while that was happening, while I was locked in that room, um, down here they would have ice cream and movies and fun. Um, but the favourite part, the best part of the night was you would just do whatever you could to break out of hell. Um, so I don't think a year went past when a window wasn't broken and people are climbing out through like shattered glass because there was no risk assessments. Um, and then they would come down, run down into heaven and all these girls would scream as guys are covered in fish guts and muck running through the rooms. And I think heaven and hell night went right up until Pastor James found out about it and realised that all over the carpet is just fish guts and gore. Um, in fact, one of the years I remember one of the storerooms needed to be absolutely gutted. I think they destroyed the storeroom after heaven and hell night because it was just that bad. Um, so there you go. That is one story of um, old element youth before risk assessments. It was so much fun, so much fun. Um, hopefully there's not, I know there's, there's at least one physio here today. Um, if I offend you, I'm sorry, but I'm probably gonna offend everyone at some point, so don't feel left out. Um, but my, my wife, she loves going to the physio. Uh, when my wife goes to the physio, she, she comes in afterwards and she's just kind of skipping and just so happy. Uh, because when she goes to the physio, uh, they just kind of give her massages. And so she's there relaxing and she gets this beautiful, lovely massage. But that's never been my experience with the physio. My experience with the physio is you go to the physio and you're just like, I oh, just have a little tiny twinge. doesn't need that much at all. And what they do, they go, okay, just lay down on the table. And, and they get you, like, they, they trick you. They put on nice calming music and the lights are a little bit low. And then they come over and they shove thumbs in. And you're like, oh, that's not too bad. Like, it's painful, but we'll survive. And then they get elbows, right? And they put the elbow into you. And then if you let them, they will shove needles into your body at a physio. Just, I don't know, I think it's just because. I think it's just like uh, someone went, hey, how can we torture people? 
great plan. Send them to uni for four years so they can't kill anyone. They just torture them. And then after that, they put this like, I think it's lava from Mordor. And they put it on your back and they rub it in. And so as you leave, you're bleeding, you're sore, you're burning. And then you go out into the reception and they smile and they go, how was that? And you're expected to be like, yeah, beautiful, thanks so much. But it's more like, yeah, great. And then, and then they expect you to pay them. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who came up with it. I think I've been three times because every time I go, they just keep hurting me. But who knows after a little while, who knows you walk out like this. <laughs> but after an hour, you're like, oh, some of that lava is starting to cool down a little bit. And then who knows after a little bit longer, you're like, oh, that's actually just a little bit better. <laughs> and then eventually you're like, oh, I'm so glad I went. So glad I went. Because what hurt originally now feels good. Um, who knows that church sometimes should be like a physio? But who knows that, that often when we come to church, we should feel massive, we should feel lovely. We should, those, that music that we sung, the worship that we sung, was so uplifting and I'm full of faith and I'm believing that God's gonna do something amazing. But, but who knows that if at church we never ever have a little bit of, oh, <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> uh, who knows that if, if we never have at church an opportunity where we're like, oh, did he really just say that? Uh, who knows that although we might leave with a smile, we still are unaligned. Or although we might leave with a smile, we're still just as restricted as we were before. <laughs> but sometimes in church, when we have that moment, when we're just like, should I be offended at that or not? Uh, you know, when we have that moment when we're like, oh, I, I don't know about what they said. I don't know what they asked me to do. I, I don't know what I think about having two offerings. Like not only does the church want your money once, but twice. I think there should be times in church when we go, oh, that was a little bit painful, <laughs> but now I feel freer. I hope today, I hope today you leave feeling a little bit freer. Uh, I hope today you leave feeling a little bit more Oh, I've got some more movement there. Oh, I can step out a bit further. Oh, I can get into it a little bit more. And uh, I, I at all, I don't at all want to offend anyone unless you need offending. I don't want to at all uh, offend anyone unless there's a, a knot that needs releasing. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that uh, today we have a whole bunch of fun and uh, hopefully all of us just get a little bit more of an alignment with what God wants to do today. Why don't we pray? Lord God, I thank You that You are... Uh, the, the master physio, that You are, God, the one who, who makes sure that we stay in alignment. You're the one, Lord God, that when we're feeling out, Lord God, when there's things that are, are misplaced and out of place, Lord, You're able to line them up. I pray, Lord God, that this morning uh, that Your presence and Your grace and Your peace might be upon us. And I pray, Lord, that none of us would leave with, with everything we came in with, that none of us would leave carrying everything we had to carry, Lord. Because Your Word declares, Lord God, that Your yoke is easy and Your burden is light. And so God, I pray for freedom and restoration today in Jesus' Name. Amen. Who knows that your belief system affects every area of your life? Uh, who knows that what you believe about uh, food affects every area of your life? Um, uh, me and my wife have just been talking recently because we went up to Rockhampton the other day. 
And uh, who knows when you go to Rockhampton, the place you have to go to is Sizzler. And who knows that when you go to Sizzler, you have to eat lots and lots and lots of dessert. Um, me and my wife have been married now for about 12 years, and she still was amazed at just how much food I can fit in my body. Um, who knows that your belief system on food, see, see my wife, she doesn't like marshmallows. Like your belief system's all wrong. You're actually hurting yourself by what you believe. Uh, who knows that what you believe about finance affects your life? Uh, what you believe about uh, relationships affects your life. And who knows what you believe about God? It either sets you up for a win or it hurts you. <laughs> who, who knows that if you believe that God can heal, if you believe that God can set you free, if you believe that God can do abundantly, exceedingly above everything we hope or ask or imagine, who knows my life is gonna be a lot different than if I believe that, you know, He's finished doing miracles. Who knows that your belief system can set you up for victory or set you up for failure? I love this point in the Bible where Jesus comes to the disciples and Jesus says, who do people say I am? Who do people say I am? See, Jesus is actually interested in who you say He is. Who do people say I am? And I wonder today if Jesus was here and He asked us, who do you say I am? What our response would be. See, the disciples say, well, some, some say you're Elijah, some say you're a prophet, some say you're a good person. And then Jesus asks a question that will absolutely change the disciples' lives, lives forever. He says, and who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? If I was to ask that question today, who do you say Jesus is? See, if Jesus is a good man, that's really nice. Because He did good things. But Jesus, if Jesus is just a good man, uh, He can't actually help you in life. But if Jesus is God, if Jesus is Lord, if Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords and the, the creator of the entire universe, who knows that changes things? The only problem with it is, if Jesus is Lord, guess who's not? The only problem with it is, if Jesus is Lord, Guess who I have to obey? The, the only problem is if Jesus is Lord, sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable when He wants to do what I don't want Him to do. Who knows, so often in the Christian life, so often the, quest, the, the answer is just step out. Just step out. Just step out. I love what Shah had to say. You know, if I knew everything God wanted to do, but God doesn't work like that. God says, pay now, get later. You know, Harvey Norman says, get it now and pay later, but that's not how Jesus works. He says, pay the price today. Step out in faith today. Give today. Uh, you know, uh, be generous today. Expect today. Believe today. Try it today. And in the future, there'll be blessing. If Jesus is God, He can absolutely change your life. If Jesus is God, then His Word is truth. If Jesus is God, what He says is what will happen. And I absolutely love the verse, John 10.10, 10, that says that the devil came to kill, steal and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. Now, if Jesus is just a good man, then that's nice. <laughs> but if Jesus is God, then honestly, truthfully, He can give us life and life in abundance. He can give us life and life to the fullest. If Jesus is God, 
and I'm willing to listen to what He says, then I can access all that He can do. I actually had a look into this whole wording, what it meant that we could have life to the full, what it meant that we could have life in abundance. And uh, the words don't actually fully explain it. The closest I could get to it, the, the, the best I could explain it in a sentence is Jesus came to give you heaven on earth. Jesus came to give you heaven on earth, but yet so often when Jesus comes and tells me to do, so often when Jesus comes to me and speaks and says, why don't you step out? Why don't you trust? Why don't you believe? Why don't you give? Why don't you be generous? Why don't you say sorry first? So often I'm like, well, Jesus, you just wanna steal my fun. You, you just wanna take my joy. Do you know what she said to me? It's a bit uncomfortable sometimes unless we believe that He actually came to give us life and life in abundance. I think so many people miss out on the power of God because they treat Jesus like a, a bobblehead. You, you know, in the car, you get like the little hula girl and she sits there and as you go over bumps, she like, bobblehead. I, I think often we treat Jesus like a bobblehead, like He's kind of cool. He makes me smile. He makes me feel good. But He's not in charge. I think often I treat Jesus, I treat Jesus like a bobblehead. He's kind of hip and awesome. Uh, but, but if I don't want to listen, if I don't want to watch Him, I can just put Him in the glove box. I think often I treat Jesus like a bobblehead, uh, that, that He's allowed to be there as long as He doesn't say anything or do anything that makes me uncomfortable. But if I honestly believe that Jesus came to give me life and life in abundance, then He not only has to be the Lord, He has to be my Lord. I honestly believe this morning, just as we were worshipping, I just felt this real sense that uh, there's a spirit of faith here today. I just had this real sense that there's a, a moment of breakthrough. I just felt as if there's a whole bunch of people right on the edge, right on the, the, the edge of something amazing that God wants to do. But I believe this morning that it happens when we step out in faith, that it happens when we go, God, I don't know how, but I'm gonna trust. God, I don't know when, but I'm gonna trust. God, I don't know where, but I've gotta trust. It happens when we stop treating Jesus like a bobblehead and start treating Jesus like Lord. I was reading, it's really quiet in here. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Bible says in Luke 5, one to five. We are going to have fun in a moment. I just, I got to set it up. Bible says in Luke 5, 1 to 5, it says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. I read this and I think the cheek of Jesus. Could you imagine this situation? Just try to imagine it for a moment. You've been fishing all night. You pull up at the boat ramp, you get out, you're washing off your gear and this dude comes walking down the street. He jumps into your boat and you're just like, oi, what are you doing? 
And the moment you say that, he says, oh, are you the owner? Yeah, I own the boat. He goes, cool, let's go. Can you just take me out there? I've got stuff I've got to do. Like I'm washing the nets. I've got stuff I've got to do. I think the cheek of Jesus that He doesn't always come into my life when it's convenient. I think the cheek of Jesus, He doesn't always come into my life when I'm feeling happy. The cheek of Jesus, He doesn't always ask me to have faith when I've got faith. In fact, it almost seems like the moment when I have no faith is the moment when God says, have faith. It almost feels like the moment when I'm worried about my finance is the moment when God says, give. It almost feels like the moment that I'm, I'm feeling really embarrassed and really insecure is the moment when Jesus says, tell people about me. I read this and I think the cheek of Jesus to come and do that. You know, you've got Peter and the other disciples and they're packing up their nets. They're done. They're ready to take their bat and ball and go home. But I love the fact that in the moment when I'm done, Jesus is just starting. I love the fact that when in the moment that I'm tired, Jesus is more than enough. I love the fact that in the moment when I've tried it all and had a go and got prayed for and believed in faith and expected God to do something and nothing happened, I love the fact that in that moment, Jesus is saying, come on, I can do this. Come on, you can believe for this. Come on, there's expectation. And I wonder how many of us have gone, no, I'm just cleaning up. I'm kind of finished. I'm ready to give up on that business. I tried that business and it didn't work. Come on, I think I'm almost ready to give up on that relationship. It's hard. Come on, I, I'm, I'm almost ready to give up on church. It's early in the morning and it's cold. I wonder how many of us are ready to pack up our nets. Because when we look at the net, the net's dirty. The net's got stuff in it. The net's got junk in it. Just through life, as I've tried and caught nothing through life, it's gotten messy. And I'm about ready to give up. But the area of my greatest disappointment is the area where Jesus can bring breakthrough. And I don't know where you're at today, but Jesus wants to come aboard the boat. I don't know where your faith is at today, but Jesus can do it. I don't know what God's whispered to you and you're like, God, I've tried that thing. God, I've done it. God, have you seen our economy? God, have you seen the circumstances here? God, did you hear what she said to me? Do you know often, all the time, when I uh, go and complain to God about my wife? You do it too. Come on. When I go and complain to God about my wife. Do you know, He never, not even once, has He gone, you're totally right. <laughs> which, is, which is really sad because my wife's never done that other, other, either. Blech, I'll get my words yet. I so often find that the moment when I go and complain, God says, how about you deal with you? <laughs> how about you fix you? How about you fix your heart? And, and it's really hard sometimes. Like you, she's so sweet. No, she's always sweet. I can't lie. But often when I go and complain, God just wants to deal with me. God just wants to deal with you. 
But I love the fact that the place where I'm broken and hurting and ready to give up is the place where God's ready to do a miracle this morning. I love the fact that all we've got to do is say, because you say so. Because you say so. I think sometimes I make the Christian walk so flippin' complicated. I've got to do this and this and this and this and this and this. Whereas it seemed like Jesus says two things to people. He says, follow me, do what I say. But I make it so complicated. I'm like, yeah, but God, what about the, the third Wednesday of the seventh month? So like, well, follow me, do what I say. Yeah, but God, this thing didn't work. Well, follow me and do what I say. But God, I'm offended at what happened in church today. Follow me and do what I say. Yeah, but she said, follow me and do what I say. And when we can boil down Christianity to that, because he says so, because he says so, because he says so. And every time I freak out because he says so. And God says, come on, uh, stretch again. Well, because you've said so. Not because I, I, I feel brave, but because you say so. I actually, I love this thought. I often thought the opposite of faith was doubt. Like, like if, if I'm either faith-filled or I'm doubt-filled. But I actually, I'm starting to believe that perhaps the opposite of faith is certainty. Hear me out for a moment. Um, everything I'm certain about, I don't actually need faith for. If, if I wasn't certain that this ground would hold me, I'd be a little bit tentative in how I stepped. <laughs> but I'm certain, so I don't need faith to know that the ground's gonna hold me. But the things that I have doubt in, that's where I need faith. Uh, so never get to the place where you're like, well, I, I just, I, I'm not 100% sure, so I won't try. I find you've got people like Peter who says, God, if it's really you, tell me to walk on the water. What does that tell me? Well, he wasn't sure if it really was Jesus. Master, we've fished hard all night. What's he saying? I don't think it's gonna work. But because you say so, because you spoke to me, because you called me out, that's why I'll trust. That's why I'll believe. Because you say so. Do you ever find that the thing Jesus wants to speak to you about is the thing you're most insecure about? <laughs> Do you ever find that? I always find that. <laughs> the place where I'm like, God, we can talk about anything in church, just not that. <laughs> I find so often that's the thing that God says, come on, let's speak about that. <laughs> God, we can sing about anything at all, just not that thing. <laughs> God, I'll talk to my friends about any weakness I have except that one thing. And I find often the place of my disappointment, the place of my insecurity is the place where God goes, no, come on, let's heal this thing. Come on, let's fix this thing. Come on, we can do something here. But it only happens when I realise, number one, that Jesus came to give me life and life in abundance. And that's why I can do, because He says so. The moment that I realise that Jesus' plan for my life is actually good, and then when he asked me to do the crazy thing, I'm like, well, God, I know that you want good for me. And so I can trust you with that. Because you say so. This is the answer to living a blessed time, is every, a blessed life, is every time God says, do it, you go, okay. I really wish I had a more complicated message. But it's that simple. 
God says, do it. You say, okay. God says, go. You say, yes. God says, jump. You jump. It's simple, but it's super hard. See, God wants to heal people today. Why do I know this? Because He says so. God wants to bring breakthrough in your life today. Why do I know this? Because He says so. God wants to bless your finances. Why do I know? Because He says so. He wants to bless your marriage. Why? Because He says so. And when I can get to the place that because He says so, I trust it. See, my kids, if I let them every morning, they would eat ice cream for breakfast. Every kid would. I I would. But because dad says so, they don't. With my kids, I'm not sure if it's they trust me or think I'm mean, uh, but, but with God, I can trust that even though I think ice cream's a great idea, He can bring me life and life in abundance. And some of us are standing at a junction. Some of us are standing at a point in life where like, do I go this way or that way? Uh, do, I, do I do this study or do I not? Come on, uh, do I go out with that person or this person? Do I, uh, do I uh, break up the marriage or not? Do I uh, start that business or finish that business? What, what do I do in life? If you can get to the place where He whispers and you do, you're gonna find always you'll have life in abundance. I love this thought that Peter must have had. He must have said, I'm tired. I'm a bit scared of being embarrassed. I'm a bit over it all. In fact, I just want to sell my boat and give up. He he must have gotten to the place where he went, you know what? It'd just be so much easier to just pack up and go home. But because you say so, I will do it. Do you hear me hitting the same drum again and again and again? It's as simple as when he says it, we do it. That's it. That's it. That's because God is trying to bless us. God wants to give us life in abundance. And so because He says so, I'm going to try again. I'm going to tithe again. I'm going to serve again. I'm going to step out again. I'm going to trust again. I'm going to believe again. I'm going to get prayed for again. I'm going to expect healing again. I'm going to expect a breakthrough again. I'm going to expect a miracle again. I'm going to expect that God can do abundantly above everything He that I could ask for or imagine. Because He said it. And so I can trust Him. So simple. So simple. I love this thought. Because you say so, I'll let down the nets. And it says, when he had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. These are the same nets that were going to pack up and go home. So they signalled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. That is a good fishing story. (laughs) We filled two boats and they both began to sink. I love the fact that because he did what he was told, he had so much blessing he had to share it. I, I can't even, I can't actually fathom that much. I, I've never actually gotten to the place where I've had so much ice cream I've been willing to share. I've never gotten to the place where, uh, you know, I've had so many burgers that I'm like, you know what? I actually can't hold anymore. 
I've never got to the place, come on, if we're serious, I've never got to the place where I've had so much finance that it's easy to give it away. But because you say so, they were so blessed. They had so much. They went, we've got to give this away or else. Can you imagine a church? You guys are probably already like this, but could you imagine a church that I have so much blessing in my life? It's, it's no longer a, a, a chore to tell other people about Jesus. It's like, if I hold this in, I'm gonna explode. Go on, could you imagine a, a life where I have so much anointing? It just kind of leaks. I heard this story, honestly, um, of Bill Johnson. It says one day he's shopping. And as he's shopping, this lady walks behind him. And as she walks behind him, she gets slain in the spirit. He's just looking at CDs or whatever he does. He turns around and he's like, whoops, must have leaked. <laughs> I can't imagine yet a place where I got so much anointing that it just kind of leaks out. I hear that uh, people hop in the car with Pastor Yongi Cho. And as they're driving him from the airport, they just begin to weep. Because you say so. I can't imagine a place. I've got a friend who um, this last year was able to give $200,000 to the church. I can't imagine a place. He said this, this last year, he earned a million dollars. I can't imagine a place. He said the year before, he had $1 in the bank. And he said it changed because God said so. And he listened and he trusted and he believed. I honestly believe that there's a whole bunch of people here today that you're on the edge of something amazing. You're on the edge of a miracle, but it doesn't always feel like that. Who knows that sometimes the edge of a miracle feels like we fished all night and got nothing? Who knows that the edge of a breakthrough is a doctor's report? That's bad. Who knows that the edge of a miracle is sometimes a bank balance so low that you're thinking somewhere there's a decimal place that's missing. Uh, who knows that the edge of a miracle sometimes doesn't look like the edge of a miracle. I got one story and then we're gonna finish. I got so many stories, but one, 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 one. Um... I just could pick all of them. I'm going to tell you one story. He will go with this one. Um, for our, our church, for 27 years, we haven't owned land. We haven't owned a building, haven't owned anything like that. Um, but Jess and I just took on the church in February this year, and, and we just really felt, um, we, in fact, part of us was just happy. We, we've got a great premises that we rent, and it's really nice, and it's really cheap, honestly. I think we pay $35 an hour. It's good. Um, but we just had it Easter time. Uh, a lady came to our service and as she was leaving, she mentioned to me she's a pastor down south. And um, I went, oh, cool, that's lovely. And she said bye and she's run off. And then 30 seconds later, she's coming running back. This is weird, they must do it differently down south. She comes running back. She says to me, I just had to tell you something. I went, what's that? She said, I, I just had to tell you that um, last year God told us to step out in faith to let down the nets for a catch. 
and uh, try to purchase a building. She said we had $300 in the building fund. Oh, that's not much. She said, so we did. We stepped out in faith and we talked to Ingham Chicken Warehouse or something about buying their property and we, we offered them heaps under the price. They accepted it. I went, that's cool. She said, yeah, we had $300 in the bank though. Whoops, <laughs> who knows the edge of a miracle sometimes looks scary. She said, so happened though that there was a church a couple of hundred K away who decided on that day to take up a love offering for us and their love offering all but purchased the entire building for us. And that was cool. I actually found that really exciting. Um, and so I went, well, God, what, what are you trying to say to us? Do you want us to do something with this? And I felt like God said, come on, why, why don't we start to talk about it? Why don't we start to look for a building? And so we, um, we in that, that next day, next staff meeting, we began to pray about it. That night I found some land that I thought, well, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the land for us. And so we went and had a look at it, but it was gonna cost $200,000 just to put a road in. Like, oh, that's a lot of money for a road. So we went, well, we'll leave that one. And so we're driving down to a conference and um, my wife goes, why don't we pray? And no joke, just funny. I'm not saying it was necessarily God, but it was cool. The moment she opens her mouth to pray, our music turns on in our car and starts to play God, you're so good. It was cool. The moment she says, amen, it turns off. I don't know, take, take what you want from that. I just thought it was cool. So we drive down to the conference. As we're driving back, Jess says to me, I really feel, really feel that when the Israelites went into the promised land, um, there was no for sale sign on the promised land. They just took it because God said. She said, if you could get any property at all in Boyntanum, what would you get? We talked about this one block of land that we went, that would be the land that we would get if we could get anywhere. But it's not for sale, so we couldn't possibly. And um, so we've just gone on in life and we're talking about it to another friend. And he says, why, why don't we go talk to him? So we've turned up at their house unannounced, uninvited and knocked on the door. And it's this 90 year old lady. And so we begin talking to her about it. And, um, and she goes, well, actually, I'm a Christian lady. Well, that's cool. That's lovely. And uh, she started to go, you know, that'd actually be a really cool idea. And, but the problem is there was this, what's called a caveat on the land, which meant someone else sort of had first dibs on it. So we went, well, I don't know what to do about that, but we'll come back and we'll keep talking to you about it. We go back there and, and it's gotten to the point now, we haven't got the land yet, but it's gotten to the point now, she's actually praying for us to purchase her land off her. Uh, we, we found that this caveat that was there has just been removed this last week. It's just disappeared. And we're just on the precipice of potentially seeing a miracle happen with this land. And it was the best land in Boyne. It was the one that we said, this is the one that we would get. It actually turned out, and I didn't realise this, in 1997, uh, Pastor Howard and Sandy drove past that land and went, wouldn't that be a great spot for a church? Now, it hasn't happened yet. But I wanna tell you that there's things that you look at and you're like, that couldn't work because of this, couldn't work because of that, that part won't work, that part won't happen. But when you hear a word from God... And you say, God, because you say so. God, because you say so, I'll believe. Because you say so, I'll trust. I wanna tell you today, that's, that's my only application point. Just do what He says. Just trust that He can. I think I was telling you guys last time I was here that um, we, we got a house for a bunch cheaper than what we'd expected. It. And it was just out of, we gave and God did. Um, I think I mentioned to you guys, we were looking at another house 
And um, what had happened is September last year, God spoke to us about a breakthrough offering we had in church. And He actually told us to give a huge amount of money. For us, it was a huge amount of money. It was just, I think it was just over a month's pay or so. And I don't say that to brag. It was what He said and it scared the life out of us. We went, God, well, because you say so, we'll do it. And so we gave that. We've now purchased that house and we got it for $100,000 underneath what they asked for it. And I'm just in this place where I'm starting to realise that if He says it, I can trust it. Our daughter, we were told we'd never be able to have children. But if He says it, He'll do it. So we had her name before the doctor said we couldn't and then the doctor said we could and then we've got three children. Because if He says it, He can do it. What's God spoken to you in your life? What is it you're freaking out about? What is it you're willing to give up on that God said do? Because that's where it's at. The best choice you can ever make in your life though is the choice to follow Jesus. The choice to follow Jesus. As the, the band come back on up, is that all right? Can we do that? Yeah, we can. Because I've got the microphone. As the band comes back up. I just want to ask, is there anyone here today Maybe this is your first time in church. Maybe it's your first time in a long time in church. But you just feel a knocking. You just feel like Jesus just jumped on your boat. And it's not necessarily comfortable and it's not necessarily the right time and it's not necessarily the right situation, but Jesus just jumped on your boat. And He's saying, come on, can we do life together? And maybe at the moment you don't understand what that will look like. I still don't really understand what that looks like from day to day. But I know that when Jesus is on my boat, there's blessing. When Jesus is on my boat, there's forgiveness. When Jesus is on my boat, there's life and life in abundance. And so what we're going to do, not to embarrass you at all, but what we're going to do, we're just going to shut our eyes. If everyone here can shut their eyes. My mum used to tell me that if I shut my eyes, no one could see me. I think she was joking with me. We'll shut our eyes. And, and I just want to ask that question. Is there anyone here today that would just say, hey, Anthony, I don't fully understand it, but I feel like maybe Jesus is wanting to be on my boat. I feel like maybe Jesus is wanting to start a friendship with me. I feel like maybe I need forgiveness of my past and my sins. And if that's you here today, all I want, can you just give me a wave so I know who we're praying with? I'm not gonna get you out of the front. I'm not gonna embarrass you. We're just gonna pray a prayer together. Maybe your first prayer you've ever prayed. If that's you, you just wanna give me a wave. Leave it for three more seconds. Two more seconds. One more really long second. That's you, just give me a wave. That's cool. We'll leave that then. I wonder if there's anyone here today that knows that God started to call them to something. And it's scary. And you fished hard all night. And you tried. And nothing happened. But you feel like Jesus is saying, come on, let's throw out the nets again. Come on, let's try again. Come on, let's trust again. What we might do, we might just get the band to play. And if that's you, if you want, I'd just love to pray with you. So if, you, if that's you, if you just wanna come up the front, we'll just pray together and just believe that the same God who could make it so that two boats began to sink from the blessing that He poured out is the same God that can do something amazing in your life, in your situation today. Come on, Lord God, I just pray a blessing over these people. Lord God, I just really feel it and believe, Lord God, that in this room today, there's miracles waiting 
And some of those miracles don't look like miracles at the moment, Lord. Some of those miracles look really scary. But I just believe, Lord God, that when You speak it, it can happen, Lord God. When You speak it, Lord God, You also have the power to do it. And so I just pray right across this room, Lord God, that You'd begin to speak to hearts and lives about the amazing things You wanna do to, in people's hearts and lives, Lord God. You begin to speak to them, Lord God, about what You'd have them do in their life, Lord God. You begin to, to put faith in them again, Lord God, about their business and their relationships and their finance and their health, Lord God, their mental health, Lord God. You begin to speak to them afresh, Lord God, about how You've called them for life and abundance and called them uh, to be a witness in their workplace and called them to be a witness in their family. Just pray for Your peace and Your grace upon people, Lord. In Your Name, Amen.